Hello and welcome to Bust and Beyond with your host, Robin Hayhurst. In this podcast, Robin will share his personal journey and experiences from his businesses and help you to learn from failure. You'll learn tips, tricks, and how to see things from a new perspective. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Robin Hayhurst. It seems as if the teaching genes were in me because every time I've tried to move away from it, Robin, it draws right me back into teaching and coaching and, and training. When I graduated from high school, my career choice was we were still a member of the British Commonwealth. My career, I wanted to be a, to join the Royal Air Force. I wanted to fly fighter jets. That's what I wanted to do, man. So I go to my mom. I say, hey, ma, this is what I want to do. I'm her youngest son. And when she said to me, no way, you're not going to go fight no fighter jets. So you. I applied for jobs. Just now I need to find a job. I got a single mom. I need to help her, you know, raise us. I got accepted in teaching. And Robin, I loved it. From the very first day, it was like, wow. It was amazing. It was like, you know, you talk about the natural instinctive. I went to teacher's college, got my degree, taught, you know, taught math. And then in 19, that was about 19, what, 79, I got, excuse me, but I got pissed off with the bureaucracy and the, the leadership kind of deal. They were so traditional in their thinking. I wanted to open a, a math lab at the school, and they didn't want it to, to happen. They didn't know what they were talking about. They wouldn't listen. So I quit, and I started selling life insurance. Within one year, I was teaching the other salespeople how to sell life insurance. So I gave up, and I said, this is my calling. You know, when you find your calling in life, Robin, your whole, it's like, you, like an oyster. You know, like the pearl. You, the whole world opens up for you when you find your true calling, because that's the time you stop working. You don't work anymore. I totally agree, Lincoln. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I think, you know, when I started coaching, mentoring, whatever you want to call it, there's a different language around that. I realized actually helping people and, um, you know, the, the, the talk to me that um, the patients, the, the other person really kind of kicked in. And it did, it made, made a huge difference to what I do. And I, I absolutely love it. Um, and yeah, I, I, I can totally see it. And I feel sorry for the amount of people out there that either don't find their, you know, their thing that they can do really, really well and enjoy doing, or find it and don't get on with it, don't know how to do it the right way that makes it enjoyable. I think, again, lots of that people that perhaps do the job that they're passionate about They've lost their passion for it because they're going about it the wrong way. And they just make it hard work. Do, do you agree with that? Oh, t- totally, because a lot of people are settling for, okay, that's good enough. And they stop looking. You find what you look for. If you look for what you like to do, you're going to find it. If you just said, okay, this is it, you know, it is what it is. That, to me, that's one of the most defeatist Statement a person can make. It is no, it is what we make it out to be. I used to really hate the word content. 
because content is like, it's okay. Yeah. Well, you only live once. Great belief. That's some people believe differently, but I, I, I believe you only live once. Content isn't really how I want to live my life. I want to be passionate. I want to be, you know, I want it to be brilliant. And so, so I've always kind of been a bit shy of content. Sometimes content is nice, but not all the time. I'm a man of faith. I believe I'm a creation. I'm not a creator, you know. And who I am and what I am is inspired by the Holy Spirit. And I can see how he, he led me through. I'm 73 years old. And I can look back and see how many times he led me, opened doors for me that, and equipped me. When I walk into those doors, he, even like how I came to the United States. I came here in 1985. Robin, I never wanted to come here. I was having a great life in Trinidad and Tobago. I was making more money than I needed. I was in paradise. You know, the island life, kind of carnival and, you know, having fun playing cricket, playing soccer. Well, having never been there, I can only guess, but, you know, in the movies, you look fantastic. Yeah, you know, so... I am um, that in, in the seventies, eighties. I was a life a member of JCS International at the time. In nineteen eighty four, I was vice president of JCS International. My role as vice president was a voluntary role was to visit my assigned territories, motivate, encourage, train the leaders, do interviews on radio and TV, and encourage and inspire the members. So in 1984, I started in the middle of the year campaigning for executive vice president. Because my goal was to become a world president one day. I get a phone call in June of 1984 from the secretary general of the international organization, which was was based in Coral Gables, Florida at the time. And guess what, Robin? He was one of your countrymen. Richard Hayward is his name. British guy. And the conversation went something like this. Hey, Lincoln. Hey, Richard. How's it going? And my always uh, first words that come out of my mouth when somebody called me is, how can I help you? And he says to me, you know, we, we know you're running for executive vice president. And we know if you run, you're going to win. You're a good guy. Everybody loves you. You've done a great job for us. But, and Robin, you know, when somebody, you're having a conversation and somebody says, but, your antenna goes up. And he said, but. We need a director of training and development at the world headquarters. And we've looked around and we would like for you to be that person. Robin, I did not even know they were looking. I never even applied. And I'm tiny little island, 75 miles north, south, 50 miles east, west. We are, there were 80 countries in the, in the organization at the time. And the secretary general is calling me in this little Tiny, that had to be divine. Cut a long story short, I, I, I landed in Miami International Airport March of 1985 with two suitcases in my hand, and the rest is history. They sent me all over the world, literally all over the world. The only continent I didn't get to go to was Africa to train the leaders, motivate the members, organize conferences, organize the training program at world congresses. It was like, being immersed in different, so many different cultures, it was like I got a PhD in sociology and my whole perspective of humanity changed. And I could see the similarities, no matter where you come from, no matter what language you eat, no matter what type of food you, you eat, 
no matter what kind of home you live in, everybody likes to be appreciated. Everybody likes to have a meal together, come together, have a social drink together, communicate with one another. It's amazing. We have so much in common, but people tend to look at what we don't have in common. So I think people do. I totally agree with that. And we have so much in common that, you know, conflict, conflict often comes from misinformation. I mean, I often say to, to my family or people I know when someone has a go with them or is not very nice to them, well, they're jealous of you. So what have they got to be jealous of? Does it matter? Does that have to be real? Just they've made something up about you that they're jealous of and, you know, that's why they, they, they put you down. That's why they're, they're not very nice to you. It's misinformation. And we have so much in common, you know. There's very, very few bad apples out there. You know, there are, they do exist, but there's very few. Most people want to treat people like they want to be treated, and that's their kind of way in life, and that's really important. And, and that kind of flows on to the fact that I'm a great believer in birds, birds of a feather flock together. If you've got a certain mentality about life and you're about helping people and you keep company with people with the same mentality as you, you can have a successful life. Amen, amen, you know. Yes, you're so right. Look at, look at the, the news media. How often do you hear they broadcast a positive story? That's the exception. They never do. But in fact, before we started recording, we were talking about Prince Harry, weren't we? And we both said we'll <laughs> never know the whole truth. You know, it's, it's, we, truth. it's very yeah. difficult to make a judgment. You know, and we, we're in different countries and we have slightly different perspectives on it, maybe. But, you know, we'll never know the whole, know the whole truth. And, and, and that's kind of so true of so much that we come across and so much that we make a judgment about. Yeah. You know, and the thing about it is we human beings tend, you think, be contented. You know, that's like the enemy of excellence. And we put limitations on ourselves. I remember when I was in high school, I loved to play. I could play, we call it football, you and I. I could play football, but I was so skinny, I was ashamed of my physique. So I didn't go out on the high school team. My best friend, Rodney, he and I used to play at home, and I was just as good as him. But he made the team. But then I got my mind started working in a more positive way. And I thought, this is who I am. So what I did is I learned to kick with both feet. That set me apart. And then I realized I was skinny, but I was faster than many of the guys. So when I went to college, Robin, I walked down and made a team as a starter. So it's about releasing yourself from the doubt. Some psychologists did an experiment and they caught some fleas. And, you know, fleas don't fly, but they jump high. They appear to be flying. And they put them in a jar, Robin, and they cover the jar. And they let, So the fleas start jumping around, and they start hitting the side of the jar, hitting the inside cover, and that hurts. So they, after about a couple of hours, they stop. The psychologist opened the jar, and they, they said, stop. They give up. If one flea had tried one more time, he would have saved his life or her life and all the rest of them. We give up too early. We do. And there's two things around that. There's one, and I've discussed this on my podcast before. One is imposter syndrome, which is really, there's two ways of looking at imposter syndrome. 
if you find someone that does not suffer from imposter syndrome at all, stay clear of them because they're totally nuts. But at the same time, you know, we have to live outside our comfort zone into order to have filled life. So we'll come across imposter syndrome. And that's when you kind of, you're not sure of yourself, but you carry on going. And that's really important. And the other one, I'm not sure who said it. It was a credit to Richard Branson, but it might not be. But so many people give up just as they're about to succeed. And, and actually, that is so true. You know, people kind of go, I just can't do this anymore. And literally, if they'd done it for a few more days, a few more weeks, you know, they would have succeeded. And I think that, that that's also a very true point around those Know, that kind of holding yourself back, I think, um, you know, and they're kind of sayings that we we talk about, but they're so true, so true in life. Yeah, you know, um, Wayne Gretzky, famous ice hockey player, made us, he said, you only miss 100% of the shots you do not take. Too many people, they wouldn't try. And then there are others who, there's a Chinese proverb that said, the man who is waiting until everything will be perfect before doing anything is still waiting. We're not living in a perfect world. You know, you've all heard, if you want to walk on water, you got to get out of the boat. Too many people have stayed in the boat and accept to get, expect to get what they, they want. you got to get out of the boat, man. Absolutely. And, and swim the sharks. So, Lincoln, Obviously, this uh, podcast is about bust and beyond. It's about kind of failure. So what would you say, so it's not about failure, it's regarding failure, but it's really about kind of moving on from failure. What would you say was your failure? So have you had a failure in life or when you had to pick yourself up and kind of start moving forward again? My failure is I've been married a couple of times and I think, that's the one part of my life. You know, we all have regrets and we look back that we regret mistakes we made. We tend to make excuses for, for the mistakes we made. But again, it's, it takes two to tango kind of deal. But as a man, you chose your wife. You made that choice. So those are the some things that I I regret a little bit that I think I've failed at in terms of, but I've matured. I've matured and I've come to the point where I realize it's up to me. You know, the two most important two-letter words, I can't remember who said it, if, if it is to be, it is up to me. So I take ownership. Now, my I've been married for, we got married in 86, so that's over 36 years, my current wife. I'm not going to say every day is wine and roses, but the difference is I am in control of my own feelings and my own emotions. And I've learned when to walk away. I've learned when to stand up and speak up. And I've learned when to shut up. Three simple lessons in life. And and if people who are taking notes, it's three Fs. Fight, flight, or freeze. And you have a choice. You know, when I need to fight about something, speak up. I'm not talking about a physical fight here, but stand up for your rights. When I need to walk away. Robin, if more people would learn to walk away, we would not have all this random shooting and killing and all this 
in the world today. And then people will learn to know, I don't have to say anything about everything. Pick your battles, man. We do have this syndrome, don't we? I mean, I, I notice, I mean, I've, I've been married for um, 32 years this year. And we do have a syndrome, I think, in relationships where we just feel we need to have the last word. And if your partner feels they need to have last words, it does make walking away quite difficult. And I think um, that is definitely a valuable skill to say, like, I, I will just give in and let her have the last word or whoever you're arguing with. Because the last word isn't everything. It's actually kind of the, I find with people that you have a discussion, argument, fight with, sometimes actually it doesn't sink in for like a few hours what was said and what the right outcome is. And you can't always get an outcome at the moment, in the moment. So actually that cooling off period, that kind of walking away. And if you're always trying to get the last words, you don't get that cooling off period because it carries on and on and on and on. It's going. Once instead of going, you can't you can't recall your words. And I think in a in a relationship, it's really important. To, you know, this is a business podcast, so we we'll talk relationships. But relationships are important in business. But I think in a relationship, and it's a bit very similar to a relationship with a customer or your partner. You've got to think: Are you the best you can be? Are you bringing the best you into that relationship? You know, are you being the best husband or wife that you can be? Because how can you expect your other partner, customer, whatever you want to be, to also be the best and to believe in you and everything if you're not bringing your best, your, you know, your best game, your A game? And, and I think people kind of miss that. They become very self-centered. They look at what they want and they don't look at what their partner wants. And I, th- I think actually if you – it's a very difficult thing, just easy to say, but if you can make sure you give your partner what – they want and trust them to then reciprocate if you what you want, the relationship may work better. You're right, but again, I've learned zero expectations because when I expect something in return and I don't get it, I'm disappointed. I'm hurting now. So now I've learned to do it for the love of doing it. Do it for the love of doing it. That's what unconditional love is all about. I'm not going to give you something and expect something in return. If I get it, fine. But if I don't get it, fine. You know, you know, buddy, it's too many people are just give and take. And I think, you know, when you're going back, let's take it back to business. When you've got a customer, if you try to give them the best service that they can, you can give them, the absolute best service you can give them without expecting anything back in return, now, you know, apart from obviously you're going to get paid, but that's, you know, that's by the by, then you're going to, it's going to go well. It's going to go well. We, we miss that. We, I think in particularly my industry, which is the construction industry, we have this adversarial approach with our clients. So a bit like the husband and wife who want to get the last word, each one escalating and escalating up. And we've got to stop that. We've absolutely got to stop that. We've got to realise that we're there to give the very, very best service within guidelines, but, you know, and once you realise that, I think the business model changes quite a bit. I uh, totally agree with you because the thing is, you know, and people in business, repeat business sustains the business. Repeat business and referrals. Happy customers will refer you. You know, what's your brand? What are you known for? 
they're going to say good things about you. I'm living that right now. Most of my 99.9% of my business comes from referrals. And I love it, Robin. I love it. This morning, I got an email from a, a young lady who said her boss told her about me. And she would like her so, me to do her social emotional intelligence profile that I did for her boss. It works. It works. Absolutely. You concentrate on what's in front of you and the wider picture is looked after. If you think about, you know, go to racing horses or, you know, steeple jumps, you've got to concentrate on the hedge in front of you. If you're thinking three hedges beyond and you don't go over the hedge in front of you, it doesn't matter, does it? The three hedges beyond is that important. You might have an idea of where the hedge is, and it's a big one. But if you don't focus on the one in front of you, you're not going to get to your third hedge. So I think it's really important to focus on the customer in front of you, and that will lead on to, to other things. So just to kind of round this off, Lincoln, what would, you, what would your advice be then? What if you had to give three advices for life for people? So three points. What would be your three main points you think you've learned from life that you'd like to pass on? The first thing I want to tell people, you are the star in the movie of your life. Make every day an Oscar-winning performance. Don't go to work tomorrow. Go to perform and always look for way. You, know, you, are, you belong in this world. You are a part of this world. You are a citizen of your country, but you're also a citizen of the world. And be intentional of making a positive contribution to this world, and we will have a better world to live in. I definitely like that one. That's a very good starting point. So what, what else? Was you, what's the other two that you suggest? I would say be like a, in my book, With Passion, I talk about special you got to know you're special. You know, in this whole, they just announced that the world population is 8 billion people, and I'm sure there are another million somewhere they haven't counted yet. But let's go with 8 billion. There is only one Robin Hayhurst in the whole wide world. Only one. There's only one Lincoln Cochran. But look in the mirror, people. There's only one of you in this whole world. That makes you unique. That makes you one of a kind. More unique than a diamond. <laughs> now you know you're special. Go make other people feel special. When you make people feel special, they will do business with you. They will tell other people about you. They will come back. It's like a ripple effect. Let's create positive ripples in this world. Like sharing kindness and making people feel special. Be like a river. Think about a river. I love this, you know, this illustration. I think I got it from Covey. A river comes down from the mountains. Does it ever stop? No. It might appear when it run, runs into a rock, it finds a way to get around it, over it, under it, or even over it. Sometimes it might disappear, but it's underground, still flowing. It never stopped. Too many people stop too early. Keep going. Keep going. Keep swinging. You only miss 100% of the shots you do not take. And when you need help, ask for help. If you do not ask, people, if you do not ask, the answer is always no. Absolutely. I think, you know, going on from that, if you make no mistakes, you're doing nothing. The more mistakes you make, I think life is about picking yourself up one more time than you fall over. And if you're not falling over, you're not learning. And, you know, definitely I could not do what I do now without having made the mistakes I've made. There's no way I could because when I 
um, hold someone's hand and guide them through growing their business or avoiding failure or the stress they're feeling, the anxiety. I've been there. And I could do it so much better because of that experience. I can really understand what they're feeling. So, yeah, I love that bit. So last bit of advice, then. You've got one more. Oh, i got one more. <laughs> Never give up. Never give up. The end in part, I mean, if you, you get my book, it's titled Never Give Up. Too many people give up too early. You know, I live, I live near a gym. I love it. In January, when I drive by the gym, oh, the parking lot is filled up. February, it's still a little filled up. By March, Robin, is halfway filled. People give up too early and they expect results. Think about results. What um, look, result do I want out of this activity? And keep that front and center of your mind, and that will inspire you to never give up. This is what I'm aiming for. This is what I'm aiming for. I think Zig Ziglar tells a story about he went to Tell City and he told them he will challenge any, uh, any archer to an archery. So they put the, the, the target out there and he, he tells them, well, you got to blindfold the guy. So they said, but sir, how can you hit a target you can't see? And he said, you know what's even worse than that? How can you hit a target you do not have? How can you hit a target you do not have? And some people have this mentality about setting long-term goals. I don't set long-term goals. Daily goals. I don't know how long I'm going. I don't know. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. A VP taught me this formula, the WIN formula, W-I-N. What's important now? What's important right now? Focus on what's important. Right now, I'm totally focused on Robin Hayhurst and this podcast. Totally focused. I have other things I need to do, but I'm totally focused on this podcast. And that keeps you, it's amazing when you focus on what you're doing right now. I think that's the same. That's stacked the same relationships, isn't it? And I'm guilty of this. And I, I, I have to work very hard at it. It's having a conversation with your partner and not being focused on that conversation. And I think it's it's definitely something that people are are very guilty of, and they do it in business, they do it in relationships, they do everything. Being in the moment, being kind of really understanding what's going on around you, yeah, is so important. I think that's that's really good advice. Well, it's been fantastic speaking to you, Lincoln. I hope um, it's been a slightly different from the other podcast because it hasn't been business biased, but I think that's great because. Business is about people and business is about relationships. I think that's really important. So hopefully everyone enjoyed that conversation. And, um, yeah, it's been great to speak to you, and um, I'm sure we'll catch up very soon. You bet. Take care. Have a great year. Thanks for listening to Bust and Beyond with Robin Hayhurst. Be sure to tune in next time. And visit his website at robinhayhurst.com. <laughs>